0: if you work hard and you build your brand and you build your business, you know, eventually you can meet your heroes. You can, you can do what they do. You can, you know, but you got to work for it. You know, and a lot of people are not willing to put in the time.
1: Welcome to episode number 60 on the, my story podcast. My Story Podcast features interviews with leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. Interesting people who tell their stories and the life lessons they've learned along the way. My goal is to inspire you to live a life of meaning and purpose. Hi, my name is Conrad Weaver. I'm a documentary filmmaker, storyteller, entrepreneur, and the host of this show. And I'm so glad you stopped by to listen to the program today. What does it take to succeed in the entertainment business? There is so much competition, and making a name for yourself is extremely hard. Today's guest was able to accomplish this with an interesting path to entertainment success. If you've ever been a fan of pro wrestling, his name may ring a bell. I think he rang some bells in his day. Brimstone started his entertainment career as a child actor on Sesame Street and Romper Room. He's been a professional wrestler, radio host, podcaster, actor, voice actor, author, musician, philanthropist, food critic, model, comic book, and animated children's book video game hero, he's been called a renaissance man by many, but more accurately described as a well-seasoned entertainer and serial entertainment entrepreneur. Stay tuned for my fun and entertaining interview with the one and only Brimstone. Hey, if you enjoy this show and get something out of it, please do a couple of things for me. First, please subscribe and then leave a review. This really helps me get to know who's listening and that you enjoy what you hear. And you'll help more people discover the show and perhaps they'll discover their purpose through the stories they hear. Thanks for being a part of this community of listeners. I'm so grateful for your support. And now here's my interview with the one and only Brimstone. Well, Brimstone, welcome to the My Story Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Oh, brother. First of all, let me say this. It is an honor and a privilege. Finally, Brimstone has made it to the My Story <laughs> Podcast. So I'm very, very excited about this. Super stoked. And uh, brother, I'm ready for you. And and I'm I'm actually very excited about. Your project that you're working on. I don't know if you can talk about it out there, but you know, I, I know what you're doing,
1: and I'm all about it. I think it's fantastic, <laughs> and that would be the PTSD 911 documentary. Yeah, so I have talked about it. It's public; it's people know about it. So, okay, yeah, so very cool. Thank you. Thank you very cool and and I'm glad
0: that you're you're spending time and devoting uh you know your time and and efforts to kind of help people uh you know one through those times and two to tell their story because it's all about the story
1: right yeah, absolutely that's why I do the my story podcast you know I started the show a few years ago because I'm getting older. I'm 56. This turned 56 a couple of weeks ago. It's like pretty soon I'm going to be too old to schlep gear all over the country. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to figure out something I can do from a studio, you know, where I'm not having to do that. And I really enjoy a new form of documentary work in, in this podcast and having people come on, tell their story. And so today I want to hear your story. You've got quite a, in, you know, quite a history of working in media and television and film and even the, uh, the wrestling ring. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit about where did you get your start? Where, where were you born and where did you come from? So, um,
0: you know, I'm from Long Island, New York, and, uh, most people who know, uh, where Long Island is, uh, they know it because of the Nassau Coliseum, the famed Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it literally, you know, I, I'm my town, I was like the only white kid in an all black mm-hmm. area. I'm, there were a couple of other white kids, but I was like the only white kid and I grew up, you know, hip hop and so forth. Other people that came out of my, my area, you know, guys like. Leaders of the new school with Buster Rhymes, Dinko D, Charlie Brown. You know they did the big song Scenario years ago. Um, what do you call it? And and I mean, LL Cool J's cousin uh, lived right down the block. Hmm. Houdini. You know uh, if you, you know any of these old uh, old school uh, you know hip hop guys, Houdini's cousin was across the way from me, who I was friends with. So I was involved with all these people, and and you know growing up, I, I was around you know superstars in in hip hop. I used to work at the friendlies that was, you know, uh, not too far from my house um, when I was a little bit older and in there all the time was, you know, Flavor and, and 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 Chuck D from public enemy and, you know, Busta and, and the, the rest of the leaders and uh, salt and pepper and, you know, people like that. So, you know, I, I was always inspired by, you know, these people. And, and uh, again, I was all hip hop. And, um, you know, the funny thing about this is that, you know, here I am, I'm not only white, but I'm a white Jewish kid in an all black, you know, neighborhood and so forth. How did forth. that and jive,
1: I mean, with these guys that you were hanging out with, how, how'd how that, how'd that go? I was just like, I was one of the boys, man. I was always one of the boys. Nobody ever, nobody
0: ever picked on me. Um, you know, we joked around, you know, um, you know, with, uh, you know, the, Oh, Hey white boy. And you know, stuff like <laughs> always, it was always a joke, you know, these were all friends. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know we didn't see skin color, mm-hmm. you know what I mean We didn't see any of that. We just saw you know hey, that's x, y, z, or that's the you know mm-hmm. the, nowadays, you know there's a lot of 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 racial friction mm-hmm. and and so forth out there and um you know when people can just realize that we're all people and um you know everybody is just trying to you know make their make their uh live their they'll live their life and build their legacy in life and and you know take their own paths, you know. We'd have a much happier world, you know. People mm-hmm. would just understand. Everybody's the same. We're just, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. you know. Um, that's 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 pretty much my view on that. But yeah, a white Jewish kid in all black neighborhood <laughs> was a very interesting was that, thing. What
1: was that moment when you kind of figured out? Hey, you know what? I want to get into show business. I want to get into media. What, you know, what was that path like? Did you go to school so, for it or what?
0: So I started. I, I started at five years old. So before all that. Um, my mother, uh, had decided she wanted to take me into Manhattan and she sat me down with a, uh, uh, an agent. And I, to be honest, I didn't even know I had an agent and had representation when I was five up until literally a couple of weeks ago, we found the paperwork sifting <laughs> through papers. Um, and what's really funny cause I got my start on Sesame street. So my, 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 um, what do you call it? My, uh, debut in entertainment was I was one of the child actors on Sesame street. And I also did romper room. So, so <laughs> I actually found, which is amazing. and I was super psyched about it is I found my contract with, with children's television network. Mm. So I actually have all of this really cool stuff, which will eventually go into the book. Um, you know, with that, I'm, that I'm writing, mm-hmm. uh, I started a, an autobiography years ago and, um, now I, you know, it just, it took a back burner cause there's so much going on all the time. And I was like, you know what? The, this is just a little bit of the story. I gotta tell more of the story, mm-hmm. and you're all you know what I'm talking about because you are my story podcast. Mm-hmm. but um you know for me i i um I got bitten early by the bug simply because I was already in it. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were divorced, um so my father and my my mother started having um you know issues when my mother was trying to bring me into the city to do auditions and so forth. And then my father was like, oh, well, that's my weekend or that's my day. Yeah. And you know, there were arguments. And finally, my mother said just, all right, well, I give up, whatever it is. Um, and it wasn't my father's fault. It was just, you know, it is what it is. And it was they had a, you know, a lot of head to head when I was a, a kid. <laughs> that being said, um, you know, my next love was was art. Um, and I wanted to draw. I wanted to be a, um, a famous artist. That was my dream loved loved you know spider-man loved the x-men i loved gi joe was my thing Mm -hmm. and you know uh what do you call we used to play gi joe all the time when we were kids and uh one of my best friends um growing up victor you know we'd have all the gi joes and even figured out a way to do stop motion animation Mm -hmm. with the characters and we were just having a good time you know as, as kids but what do you call it the um and that comes full circle also if we get to that but um, what do you call it? The the art thing, I wasn't bad. I was pretty good. I was a decent artist when I was a kid. And uh I still have a lot of the papers and a lot of the artwork, you know, today. Mm-hmm. I'm still going, wow, that that wasn't bad for a kid that age. But what what really took me um to the next level was when I got behind uh the drums. Uh in mm-hmm. in elementary school, we had um, you know, everybody takes violin. Right. Everybody stuck taking, you know, violin first or the recorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the recorder. <laughs> and I said, All right, you know, for me, um, you know, that wasn't the best. And you know, I, I did it and and, you know, I learned. Um, not that I could ever play it now, mm-hmm. but I learned and I was like, all right, you know, it is what it is. But then when we got a little bit older, I think it was the the next grade up, we were able to join band. Mm-hmm. And I had the option of the, the instrument that I wanted to play and I was able to pick drums and percussion. Mm-hmm. So that was the new love. And, um, for that I became a drummer and, and, uh, what do you call it? I became a musician and uh man, when I tell you, look, I took that pretty far I toured the world with it. I, I, you know, I went to college for it you know, and, um, I did a lot with music and, and honestly, I, I would have, st- I'd still be doing it if I had time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I got sick of being in a five way marriage, which is why mm-hmm. I got out of music. You mm-hmm. know? And, uh, it was just, I needed a break. I needed a break, mm-hmm. but that, that was your,
1: uh, what was your move into, uh, into wrestling, into the, the world of wrestling.
0: So pro wrestling had always been something that I was interested in. Um, I never thought, well, I'd go and become a pro wrestler. So I guess some people think I'm going to be a wrestler when I get older, but um, you know, I, that wasn't on my radar. Um, I just loved wrestling Um, when I was a kid again, you know um, in there, you know, we, we kind of fast forwarding backing up and fast forwarding again, but I wound up um, in my middle school years. uh, My mother didn't want to send me to the local middle school. It's too rough and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm fine. These are all my friends. And Mm -hmm. she's like, no, it's too rough. And, she wound up sending me to a private Jewish school and, uh, which was culture shock because it was all white guys and gals and you know what I mean? And all Jewish. And I, it was, it was culture shock for me as a, a white Jewish mm-hmm. guy going to white Jewish school. It, it was a weird, it was a weird situation because that wasn't what I was used to. Mm-hmm. So that being said, um, you know, and, and it'll all make sense. Uh, so, so I wound up going, um, you know, uh, at, at very first I you know, it was hard to make some friends because I was the odd man out. I was the white kid that listened to hop. um, which is nowadays that's the norm. And, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was different. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, I began ma- making friends and, um, you know, once I made the friends, you know, I was invited to parties. And one of the things that was very big was we used to do wrestling parties. <laughs> so we would go for, you know, the big, you know, big, big shows, whether it was WrestleMania or, you know, SummerSlam, whatever it was, um, you know, one of my friends was holding a party for. It. Mm. So I'd go and we'd, we'd be there. And and I was always the one like I was kind of tossing people around. And <laughs> you know what I mean? I was always a st- strong kid, you know, like just naturally strong. Um, and I would just toss people around.
1: And um, like, like copy moves that you saw on television that the wrestlers were using or?
0: A little bit, but not too much because the, you know, listen, the moves, the moves can kill you. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I, and funny enough, I always speak, speak out about um, speak out against backyard wrestling because it is such a dangerous thing for kids to do. I, I was guys actually on television
1: on, are trained. They got hours, yeah. years of training.
0: Yeah. When I, when I tell you how many years of training that I've had to be in the ring and do what I do, you know um, it would boggle your mind. And, The kids, they don't know. They don't realize that they could, they could paralyze themselves. They could paralyze someone else, kill somebody. I mean, it's just, it's awful. You know, the things that could happen. That being said, um, you know, we would toss each other around. I think the biggest thing that we would do to each other would be like a a body slam. Maybe we'd power bomb somebody, but it would be onto the couch. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It would be like something really slow. But aside from that, you know, we, it wasn't crazy. That being said, um, I was, that got me into pro wrestling and, and I used to love it. I used to watch and, and I did enjoy characters like ultimate warrior turned out to be a pig later on in life. Um, they, they kept it off, off screen, but what do you call it? Uh, you know, uh, ultimate warrior was, was one of those characters where it was just pure insanity. And I, and I loved that, um, undertaker, who's one of my all time favorites and, uh, one of the guys that I respect and, and look up to in the industry. Um, he, he was just that the one character who for years was the, the is the phenom. And, um, he is one of those guys who is always in character, you know what I mean? And I'm a gimmick guy. I love gimmick. Shawn Michaels, you know, he was a, just such a, a big shining star, you know what I mean? And, and just like out there and, and just, you know, everybody wanted to be Shawn Michaels, you know, and these are the characters that I just, you know, I was really drawn to. Um, and you know for each one for obvious- re- you know obvious reasons uh same thing with Bret Hart loved bret Hart and and Brett is actually one of the ones that kind of forwarded me into the kind of forwarded me in the right direction to get into the business and um you know now I can fast forward now that you knew a little bit of the backstory i um I was working at the time uh I was in music, I was kind of getting myself out of music at the time to take my break, but I was working for the Long Island voice. Which is the sister of the Village Voice, um, or it was at that point. Mm-hmm. So Andrea Stern, who was the uh, the daughter of the Village Voice owner at the time, because uh, you know, it was Stern Publications, she was this was this was our pet project you know the the whole long island version mm-hmm. so i wound up saying all right you know like um you know this this is uh this is a really cool position for me I took the position it was it was well paying um and and uh, i got to work with in all the bars and clubs you know what i mean that was my thing i was the bar club guy you know and and i did other things as well but i knew everybody in the the scene from being a musician and playing everywhere mm-hmm. so so i it was an easier sell because, well, when, when I walked in, they were like, Hey, what's going on? Their card wasn't up. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it was like a, an easy kind of, uh, sale. That being said, the, the, uh, they knew that I was into wrestling and they were shorthanded and they also knew that I kind of like a jack of all trades and I was doing photography for a while hmm. and, um, you know, on the side and I was a published photographer and they had asked, you know, we're shorthanded. Do you think you could take, uh, one of our, our, uh, cameras and go with Bill Jensen who was one of the writers at the time. And, and, you know, he's doing a story on wrestling and they're doing this event that's like down the road. Do you think you might be able to come and do that? So I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll definitely do it for you. They'll be like, yeah, we'll pay you. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went down there with him and, uh, wound up meeting a lot of people that wound up being my friends later on in life. Hmm. And, um, that being said, you know, one of the guys that, uh, we spoke who spoke with was, uh, was Ian Sheikh, And if you're not familiar with Ian Sheikh, he is a legend in the industry. And, uh, he's also known for being a very big personality. Hmm. And he sees me and he goes, you, you look, you look like you could be a wrestler. I train you, be a wrestler. I train you, we bring you there. And I'm just like, I'm like, all right, this is interesting. And, uh, what do you call it right after that? And I, I've told this story a billion times, uh, you know uh, his his agent uh, Eric Sims. They call him Snapshot Eric Sims. Um, you know he said uh, he says yeah. You know uh, he he kind of jumped in. He's like yeah, we we can have you come down to Georgia and you know and you can pay Sheik here and do this and you put yourself up blah blah, blah or you could bring Sheik out here and yada 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 and you know he could train you here and you'd have to find this this and this would cost you this much. I'm like whoa, hold on a minute. Um, you know he's he was doing what they call him the in the is working me. So, um, you know, I was like, all right, you know, don't, don't, uh, just, just calm down. I, you know, this is the 1st time hearing about this. Let me think about it. And, uh, what do you call it? I, we had spoken with Brett Hart earlier in the day and Brett had overheard what was going on. And he kind of called me over and I went over to Brett and he's like, listen, um, you know, if you're interested in getting into the industry and, and you're serious about it, here's my email address. Cause he knew I wasn't just a stranger coming in. I was there with the publication. So he said, you know, here is you know, my email address was AOL at the time. And he says, you know, give me a holler, you know, here. And, and if I can direct you in any way, I'll direct you and make sure that you have the right path. You know, I was like, wow, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I looked at it and I was like, OK, cool. Um, and then I didn't do anything with it for a while. And then I was reading a magazine one day, a wrestling magazine. And in it was a, a, an ad for a new school called the Long Island Wrestling Federation. The doghouse was opening up in Queens, New York. And I was like, all right, that sounds interesting. So I called a couple of friends that were also interested in wrestling. And I was like, you guys, want to go down? Check this out. So they were like, Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And we wound up going. And that was, you know, that that's the beginning of, of the brimstone history. And and uh, you know, what's really fi- what's really crazy is, you know, I emailed Brett back, let him know what was going on. He's like, Everything seems legit. And, you know, that was it. And honestly, and I hadn't spoken to Brett after that for, Oh my God, I lost the, the, once I got off AOL, I lost the address. Um, and I hadn't seen him for years. And finally I was signing in San Antonio and, um, what do you call it? A couple of my friends were at the bar it was like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and, and, um, you know, uh, Brett was there and I was like, you know what? I want to go and thank him. Cause if it wasn't for him, um, you know, giving me that, that little, you know, nudge and, You know, telling me you know this is what to look out for and so forth. I might not have ever gone down, so I went and I thanked him. You know, for for helping me launch my career. Of course, he didn't remember, but (laughs) you know, like uh, at the end of the day, I felt better thanking him and and paying my respect. Um, You know, same kind of story with with Tommy Lee uh, from Motley Crue. Tommy Lee was my my you know uh, he was my unicorn. He was the guy that I did want to meet. He was the Mm -hmm. reason why I, I, I loved drumming and got very theatrical with my drumming and, uh, you know, with, with Tommy, he was, he was like a unicorn. I couldn't, could could never, every time we were supposed to be doing something together, whether it was signing or I was going to be in the same location, whatever it was, we wound up, we wound up not, not meeting. And uh, over the years, it became a joke. My wife, Danielle, and I would laugh about it. We're like, yeah, he's a unicorn. We, we, you know, we think he's there, but he's really not. He's really not. And um, you know, we'd always laugh about it. So I was signing one time, not to jump into the story, but I figured I'd tell it at the same time. So I was, I was signing for one of the tattoo conventions, um, even though I'm not tattooed. And, <laughs> but what do you call it? Uh, since I, I'm very much in the art world as well for the comic books, mm-hmm. you know, they always have me at the events and, um, I went down, I went down and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm signing and there was one of the, uh, the head security guards that, um, you know, he knew me over the years and he was always very good to me, but we always sat and chatted and I was, one, I'm always one of the guys that's always good to the security, guards. you mm-hmm. know, everybody's there, they're doing their jobs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And respect that. So, um, you know, so Dallas was his name and, uh, he came over to see me and I'm like, man, it's it's crazy. It's going to be a crazy weekend. Got so much going on. And, uh, he's like, yeah, tell me about it. He goes, he goes, not only do I have to watch you this weekend, he's like, but I've got, what do you call it? Um, I've got another celeb coming in, you know, tomorrow night that I'm going to have to handle. And he's doing a concert here. I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, who is it? So he's like, it's Tommy Lee. I start laughing. I'm laughing. I'm like, that's funny. So I tell him the story of how every single time, we're we're supposed to meet, you know, and, and it's, and these are well-planned out things, mind you. Like I I was able to get into, I was supposed to host an event at a big club with him Uh, that got canceled um, by the club owner. What do you call it? I was supposed to meet him at a signing and and I, the, the store owner and everybody had me set up so this way I could go in from the back and kind of get in and out. And uh, what do you call it? And then I got booked and I couldn't be there. There was like, you name it. There was like every issue in the sun, under the sun. And I, and it just didn't happen. So he said to me, he goes, he's laughing about it. He goes, well, you're going to meet him this weekend. I was like, okay. And I laughed. I was like, okay. So I was like, something will happen. It's not going to happen. He's like, I'm telling you, Britt, it's going to happen this weekend. I'm going to make it happen. Okay. Whatever you say. So, um, <laughs> I, uh, I waited, uh, for him. He said, um, no, I'm sorry. I didn't wait for him. He said to me, uh, for the, the Saturday night, he's like, listen, make sure don't leave at such and such a time. Meet me. I'll meet you at the booth and I'll walk y'all escort you downstairs and I'll bring you over and, and we'll go to the dressing room and, and I'll introduce you. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, I was, I was just so not having it. Like, whatever, whatever you say. Um, I went to say goodbye to one of my, uh, one of my buddies who was also there. And um, you know, uh, because I was leaving and he, Dallas comes running around the corner, like searching for me. He sees me. He's like, you and, Now, mind you, this is a big dude. <laughs> and I'm a big dude. But he is a big dude. So you, I told you to stay over there. That I was coming to get you. He had a line of security guards. They grabbed me and what do you call it? They escorted me down throughout the entire, it was the casino the Resorts World Casino, brought, walked me all the way through and brought me to his dressing room. Hmm. So now I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I'm outside the dressing room door. He goes in, I'm at the dressing room door, legit for about 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> waiting for him because what do you call it? I guess they were doing whatever they were doing in their rituals. and, and I, So I'm sitting here going, eh, this is still not going to happen. So I'm ready to start walking away and then the door opens and Dallas pops his head out. He goes, all right, give me about five more minutes. I'm like, that's all I'm giving you brother. Cause I'm, I, you know, it's late. I've been signing all day. I want to go home. So, um, what do you call it? Sure enough, five minutes later, he opens the door, we go in and I'm like, all right, what's the joke. I'm waiting for the joke. I'm waiting to be punked, you know? And, and, and sure enough, Tommy was behind the curtain and, uh, we it. we went in. So I was like, I have to screw with this guy. I respect him. I, you know, I respect him, but I got to screw with this guy. So as I'm walking in, I'm like, on the old brimstone, I was like, You and I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, Every single <laughs> time that I try to meet you, you're never there, but here we are, you know. <laughs> and then he's like, Whoa, I'm like, I'm just messing with you, brother. And uh, you know, and and uh, he's like, Oh, you know, and, and uh, shook hands and what do you call it? We we uh, we probably hung out for about 15 minutes uh, because he had to go do his set, but we hung out for about 15 minutes and uh, very stand up, cool dude, um, was one of the they tell you not to meet your heroes. Um, and in entertainment, I don't have people like I don't get starstruck. That's Mm -hmm. not my thing. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I never have. Mm -hmm. Um, so with Tommy, I wasn't starstruck. I was just kind of like, this is one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to finally meet him after all of this, Mm -hmm. my wife was cracking up because we were laughing about how we finally caught the unicorn. So unicorns do (laughs) exist. And, uh, you know, and after that, you know, we talked a couple of times, but, you know, not since, uh, you know, years ago already, but what a nice guy and what a pleasure it was. So, you know, having the opportunity uh, to say thank you to mm-hmm. him as well, just like I did to Brett, with Brett. It it made, like, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have played the way I play. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done the things I did. I wouldn't have made the moves I made. And you were part of that equation. Same thing with another big drummer, Rod Morgenstein, who's a good friend of mine, you know, at this point now. Plays for Dixie Dregs and Winger and you know, uh one of the best drummers in the world. And and I said, you know what? Thank
1: you. You know what I mean? Thank you for being you. You were on my wall growing they up. they don't even know that you're, you know, you're kind of following their footsteps or being inspired by them, right?
0: Well, they they did, they did after I told them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. But up them. until then they didn't, you know. Up until then they didn't. I mean, and and I've had, you know, a great so you know, years later, you're thinking. You know, when you're a kid, you don't know. You know, you just you're aspiring. You know, you're mm-hmm. aspiring, and you're, you're you want to do things, and you 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 want to emulate people. And I used to have on my wall. I had a a whole drum room back back in the day, and um, on my walls were Tommy Lee and Rod Morganstein, Fred Corey, uh, Jimmy Deanda. These all these different drummers, you know, that I respected, and and Ricky Rocket. You know, like different different players, different types of music. And these people are my friends now later in life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just this, a bizarre, a bizarre turn of events where it's like, I wish I was still drumming. I'd love to trade fours with you type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, right. but these guys are, you know, like these guys are what influenced me in my music career. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, and the same thing in wrestling, I was, I was honored to, I was honored to kind of, you know, befriend most of the people that I looked up to, you know, and, um, you know, not everybody has that opportunity Mm -hmm. and I was blessed with that opportunity. And, and then like, you want to talk about, you want to talk about, you know, complete full circles. What did I tell you? My first love was art. Right. Right. And I loved, I loved what Mm -hmm. Mm Spider-Man, the X-Men, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, guess, guess who I was good friends with before he passed Stanley. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm the celebrity spokesperson for his foundation. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, things come full circle. If you work mm-hmm. hard and you bust your hump and you don't take no for an answer, you know what I mean? And, and, and uh, you know, I always say this, a lot of people don't understand that entertainers are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And entrepreneurs are, a are there to entertain. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, like if you work hard and you build your brand and you build your business, you know, eventually you can meet your heroes. You can, mm-hmm. You can do what they do. You can, you know, but you got to work for it. You know, and a lot of people are not willing to put in the time.
1: I think a lot of people get into entertainment thinking it's just fun and you get to meet all these people and it's, don't and, and treat it as a business. And pretty soon, you know, they're washed up and they're not doing what they need to do because they're not persistent and right. making it happen. Because you have to, in, in this business, you have to go out and make it happen. Just like when I'm working on a Every documentary day. film, man, I'm, you know, busting my butt to get out there and raise money for it. And I yeah. have to make it happen. You have a vision for it. And now you got to, I, I like to say, I throw my hat over the fence and I got to go chase mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. You know, and oh, there's yeah. bulls in that fence, that gonna, <laughs> you know, that are coming after me, you know, so. And
0: wherever but, there's bulls, there's always bull poop. And you got to make sure <laughs> exactly. that you are clear of that, that bull poop because that's out there too. Yeah. Wow. So you've, yeah. I
1: mean, you know, now you have grindhouse radio, you have a bunch of other stuff you're doing. What motivates you to do what you do?
0: Um. So my my whole thing is one. I always aspire to inspire. That's a big thing for me. And um, you know, two. I'm all about leaving a legacy. Um, you know, I want to success. Success is not money. It's not money in the bank. Yeah, I do okay, but it's not money in the bank. Success is being able to look back at a life and a, and a career and what did you leave behind? And I like I would like to think that I left the industry and the world better than the way I came into it. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's that's for me, that's, that's a big, a big thing. So leaving a legacy, you know, and, uh, something that, you know, people will remember me giving my family enough to remember me by when, when I'm eventually gone, you know what I mean? For years to come, that's, that's what it, it's all about for me. You know, like you there know, are some and, people.
1: And in this business, there's a lot of distractions. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, there's so many distractions and what do you do to stay focused on your objectives? So in terms of, of, of focused, I am a stickler
0: for my schedule. Um, I have, it's, it's really scary, but I use Google schedule. Like that's, that's always on because otherwise I'm going to forget what I'm supposed to do, but that keeps me in line. And it's funny because I always make fun of my, my father-in-law love him to death, but he always had that Palm pilot and the Palm pilots, they used to go and make noises every single time. There was so, and I'd be like, look at you. with the Palm pilot already, you know, know, we would joke around. Um, you know, but, but honestly, you know, when, when, um, things started getting really busy, if I didn't have my schedule and I didn't stay strict with my schedule and my timekeeping, I'd be in big trouble. You know, am I late here and there? Of course, never to an interview or never things like that. But you know, do I stroll into the studio a little bit later than usual? Yeah, sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also stay sometimes when I'm supposed to be out of here At five or six, I'll be here till nine or 10. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So like I'm always working, um, you know, there's, it's, it's difficult to stay focused on multiple projects when they're all going on at once. Mm -hmm. So time management is a huge, huge, um, you know, assist there, you know, it's kind of like that is the assist knowing how to time manage. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't have time management skills. It's one of the best skills that you can, you can learn. Um simply because you know, there's just so much time in the day and you need to be able to fit everything in and you can't forget what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and again, I treat everything like such a business that, you know, even, even feeding my dog, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> it's in there. It's, you know, all right, well, dog's got to eat, blah, blah, blah. Well, you
1: someone know. once said, if it's not on your calendar, it won't happen. Right. It won't, it won't. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's
0: scary because, um, you know, I, I put like almost everything in there and, uh, My memory is pretty decent for the most part, even though I took a couple of bad tear shots to that um, over the years. And that was, that was for my wife, not necessarily in the ring. (laughs) Um, But but, you know, I'm, I'm not only am I a schedule, you know, uh, monger, but my wife is even worse than that. Mm -hmm. So she is the keeper of all schedules as well. So God bless my wife. I love her to death. She kind of keeps me in line. She's like, aren't you supposed to be here? You know, right now I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I better go. You know, um, no, but she's uh she's great, you know, because she doesn't only hold my schedule, she holds hers and all the kids' schedules. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, she's got um we've got a a a program that we use or that she uses and um what do you call it? That kind of keeps all the schedules in one and uh anything that I add will always go to her schedule. And then she'll yell at me when I double or triple schedule myself mm-hmm. for some, certain things during the day.
1: <laughs> and she's so like, "With, with um, everything going on, and you know, cr- you know, way life is these days, what do you do to keep yourself from plateauing? What how, what do you do to grow in your business, grow in your personality, in, in your personal life? What do you do to really, uh, you know, be- you become the better you?
0: The the, and I love the I love the fact that you just said the, be the better you." my big thing. And, and I always say, I say it to my, my, um, my co-hosts and my, my, you know, um, uh, a lot of people that I know, I'm be better, be better. There's always somebody going to be better, be better. You know, you're doing this, you're doing well, be better, aspire to inspire, grow. Um, so for me, I'm always thinking of the next, um, the next thing and, and, you know, what makes sense. So like with, With wrestling, you know, for an example, with wrestling, what comes after wrestling? What are you going to do after you, you know, you're, you're, you're a pro wrestler. What can you do? What's next? Well, essentially wrestlers are big superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. So why not take the wrestling character that's already well-established, you know, who who the character is, what the character is, take it out of the wrestling ring and make it into comic book. Mm -hmm. So I spun the Brimstone brand into a comic book. Um, then we spun that into an animated series, into toys. And what's the next natural progression? Is what I always say. What's the next natural progression? Now here we go. We've got the 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 um, you know the comic book, the animated series, kids books, toys. Now um, here we are on the road, and now I have to support all of said products and said you know, projects. So when I'm out there and I'm signing at conventions, well, I didn't want to be just like I did in music seeing the inside of trains, planes, automobiles, vans, and, you know, uh, you know, maybe stadiums and, and, uh, you know, hotel rooms. I said, I want to see where I'm going to be. So I started a show called food hound tidbits with, with my uh, couple of people that worked with me at the time. And um, you know, we, while we were touring, we did a food series. Now this was before, this was before everything was kind of out there on YouTube and on social media. This was back then. So food hound tidbits was born. And what's the next natural progression for a food show? It's food products, right? Mm. So I had that. my sauce and seasoning line was born. Coffee line was born. You know, uh, candy line was born. Chocolate bars. And, and it all kind of spins. Now, you might say, well, how do you go from this to that to the next thing? And, and now you're doing the Grindhouse radio podcast. Everything I do, my friend, is all linked together. Mm. And I'll, 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 I'll tell you how it's linked together. So in the comic book, there is, uh, it's called Brimstone on the Hounds. is the comic book. Um, and, and if you're not familiar with it, fun read, what do you call it? We were, uh, we were the only independently owned and operated comic in every Barnes and Noble Beedle in the, in the world. Hmm. Um, so that was a big deal. Uh, the, the, the characters themselves, when they're not, you know, uh, doing their jobs, and I don't want to give too much away, but when they're not doing their jobs, they hang out in a bar and grill in hell. Called heaven, complete with stairway. Get it? Stairway mm-hmm. to heaven. Anyway, sure. So, in heaven, in the comic, they have grub munchies at the bar, the little you know candies to eat, and then they have their, their um, sweet heat treat wings, flavor behavior snacks, uh, taste but tangos, this um, and grindhouse burgers. Mm-hmm. All of these so- all these products are in they're they're real. So, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the comic. You could get them in real life. And if you don't know what the comic is, now you do know what the comic is because the sauce seasoning is from the comic itself. That's so that's cool. tied in. Now, if you notice, I said Grindhouse Burgers. I have a Grindhouse seasoning, the Grindhouse Radio. You're always on the grind. You grind hard. We work hard. Mm-hmm. We grind hard. It's the house of grind. So that's where the Grindhouse Radio came from. Mm-hmm. So now you see how everything is all tied together. And, really cool. and, and Grindhouse Radio is a pop culture show. We talk to people in pop culture. The comic book is comics, pop culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff ties together in a, in a way that, you know, people go, Oh, all right. You remember that old song thing to make you go, Hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: that's, that's what I, that's what it always turns out to be. Um, so, so yeah. I'll have, um, I'll have challenges or maybe even setbacks really help shape who you've become.
0: So failure is the seed to success. Um, you need the seeds of failure in order to succeed. Because what happens is, is first of all, I don't care who you are, nobody gets it right the first time. And you have to learn from your mistakes. And if you don't learn from your mistakes, it's a big problem. Um, you will never move forward. So you, once you once you fail, which is a fantastic thing, people say, what? That's not a good thing. It's a fantastic thing. Once you fail, it puts you in a perspective. You figure out why you failed. You figure out, you figure out you know, what you could have done differently. You take two steps back. You, now you can take 10 steps forward because you've learned from that mistake until your next failure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's your next benchmark. Now, once you hit that benchmark, maybe you have to take two steps back. But you, now you have another couple of seeds to plant success. Now those extra vines are going to pull you up to that next level. And now once you get there, maybe you have another fail. You see what I'm saying? And so on. So there, there's never a top. There's never a top because you could always continue to climb. You know what I mean? But at you the end never of the day,
1: to where you can kind of rest on your laurels and say, I've arrived. Right. right. Mm-hmm. To to his dying day. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this
0: flat out. Um, Stan um, was a beast. He, and in his nineties moved around faster and more coherently than most people that are our age, you know what I mean? Um, and younger. And he was a beast. He worked and worked and worked. And he was so gracious about it and so boisterous about it. And, and you know, he was just fantastic. And he never stopped learning. You know what I mean? Never stopped learning. Um, I mentioned him earlier in, in the show, uh, what do you call it? Rod Morgenstein? One of my, my, the drummers that I looked up to was a close friend at this point that when we sat down and hung out for the first time and we were like, all right, let's go out. Let's break some bread. Let's spend some time together. We sat down and I was, I wanted to sit and I I was expecting to talk about him because he was a much bigger name than I was at the time. And, and, and he said to me, he goes, tell me about you. I want to learn. I want to learn about you and your process and your story. And Mm -hmm. it was so humbling. You know what I mean? To have a, one of your heroes, to ask you things like that, it's because you never stop learning. You never stop, you know. You never stop growing and and building. And you also grow and learn and build from the people that are around you. I I'm good, man. I'm real good. But but I couldn't do this on my own. I have people like Tom Greer who's actually in the studio with me now. It's one of my partners. One of my 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 freaking writer dies. You know what I mean? The same same thing for Kim Dragna. You know. So these are my co-hosts on GHR. You know. The, so Grindhouse. I couldn't do it myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm a front man. I can talk and, and, and people know, my, know me, you know the face. And, and, you know, if you want to put that leader thing on there, great. But we're a cohesive team. I can't do it without them. You know what I mean? And um, the fact of the matter is, is, is that you learn. Tom might not have as much experience in certain things that I do, but he sure as hell has a great outlook on a whole bunch of different things that I didn't necessarily knew existed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and that gives, gives us a new and, and different edge when we go into things on the podcasting side.
1: Mm-hmm. I hope I'm making sense. Yeah. Do you, you think know? that there are perhaps, you know, celebrities who perhaps didn't, you know, they had a kind of a, you know, one and done event. A lot. Because they weren't willing to grow and learn and to learn from others. Yes. And there are also a lot of people that
0: Um, They have a success and then they want to hold on to that one success Mm. and they're afraid to take another step um, because that's, that's, you know, their spot. Has fear ever
1: ever like, like paralyzed you?
0: Fear has never paralyzed me. No. Um, I've always been pretty steady moving. You know what I mean? Um, And now, now I would be lying if I said that before I went, up on stage in front of a few thousand or a few hundred thousand people. You know what I mean? That I wasn't kind of like a getting the butterflies and, you mm-hmm. know, but I go out there and I do my job, mm-hmm. you know what sure. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and, and anybody who's in entertainment, I don't care who they are or what they say. Everybody gets the same butterflies in their stomach. Mm-hmm. Sure. You don't go out there. It, I don't care who you are. Once you hit that first chord or once you, you know, speak that first word or, you know, everything kind of falls into place. Mm-hmm but everybody still it's nerves. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's part of you, you know? So, you know, and I, I'd be, I think you'd be very hard pressed to find somebody who was, you know, um, didn't get anything, you know, any, anything when they're going on the stage, it wouldn't be human. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you wouldn't be human, but fear itself. No, no, there is nothing to fear, but fear itself. And I guess at the end of the day, I don't fear much except for my wife. Maybe I'll I'll rename her fear, you know, and, and then I can fear,
1: fear her. Yeah. So what looking at back at your life and, and, you know, looking at all the lessons that you've learned, what are some of the biggest life lessons that you've learned?
0: Um, be careful the dogs you lie with because you very well may get fleas. Um, it's a very big thing. Um, I've been, I'm a very, a very trusting person. I'm a very loyal person. I'm a very um, hardworking person. And at the end of the day, there are people that will take advantage of that. And there are people that yeah. will exploit yeah. that. And, um, you know, over the years I've had, um, on three major occasions and, and other occasions within, but you know, where I have had things stirred up real bad and, uh, and had to deal with it. And it's all because of me bringing somebody in and giving them an opportunity that I maybe shouldn't have given them but i'm all about that i'm i'm for me it's it's you know it's not just about the journey it's not about the mountains you're climbing it's not about the peaks the valleys the fact is is it's all about the people that you bring with you as well and if i'm working and i'm doing something and you know and i could bring people along with me for that ride you know i always try to bring those people along for the ride mm-hmm. because you know you're paying it forward and and you're helping people you know, achieve their dreams and, and, and build their goals um, or achieve their goals. So yeah, that's, I, I think I'll, I'll leave it at
1: that. Yeah. Very cool. So I'd like to ask this question to my guests. I'm a filmmaker. And whenever I, you know, produce a documentary or make a, a film, I write a log line. It's that thing that describes the thing, right? So when the movie about Brim is made, what will the log line be?
0: Entertainer, entrepreneur, purely badass,
1: (laughs) and a super nice guy, from what I can tell from this, (laughs) from this. And he talks
0: a hell of a lot. Just shut him up. Make him (laughs) stop talking.
1: So, final question: what's what's the next
0: big thing for you? Um, I I can't say what the project is, but I can tell you that I'm working on. I'm working on a couple different things. But one of the one of the things I'm working on is a show for TV, one of the streaming services. I can't say which one right now. Um, doing a a um a foodie style show with my son. So oh, cool. uh so we're gonna be doing that. And, and how um, is he? he's 19. He's okay. gonna be 20 in June. And uh yeah, yeah. So we we've got a really cool thing going there. And once that pops, then we can and we can talk about it. I'll be talking about it everywhere. Sure but I've got that. Um, we, we have other projects with grindhouse radio going on, um, that we're trying to work through and, and work out logistics for, um, I do multiple shows, you know, throughout the week. So, you know, um, you know, it, I'm always looking for new stuff and always willing to do new content, mm-hmm. you know, cause content is fun. Sure. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I've got a couple of, of really cool voiceover roles that I'm going to be doing shortly. Um, for one for animation and another couple for video games. So I can't talk about them yet either because it's NDA, but I can promise you they're pretty big and you're going to have a lot of fun with them.
1: Very cool. So, where's the best place for people to
0: find you? Here on the My Story <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> you can catch me at Uh You can pretty much get to anything that I, I do or have done there. And if not, um, it'll come eventually. But I'm also very active on my Instagram. Uh, if anybody is looking to reach out to me, you want to talk to me, you want to have a question uh, at the real brimstone is my Instagram account. And um, I'm the only one who does any of the responding there. It's only me. I don't have my wife do it. I don't have sister do, do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do it myself. <laughs> it's funny that you say minions. My, um, are you a Star Wars fan? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of in, in a way. Yeah. So,
0: so, um, one of my, one of my other very close and dear friends was, uh, Peter Mayhew who passed away not too long ago. So Peter Mayhew played Chewbacca in star Wars and, uh, him and his wife, Angie, you know, very dear friends of mine. And, um, what do you call it? Every time I would be, I would come to an event. Um, you know, I'd always have my people with me and, and, and would always go, look at all these minions. Grim always has all the minions. We need to get some <laughs> of his minions. And uh, I'd say, uh, Angie, I'll lend you some, you just tell me what you need. And uh, what do you it? she'd always take me up on it, and she'd have a couple of my minions. Um, but they were all great people. They were nobody was a minion. They were all yeah. they were just part of of whatever I was working on. So, sure. but anyway, I just brought up. I'm sorry, I had to I tell the story. Uh, but yeah, no, the, at the Real Brimstone on on Instagram, yeah. all my social media is up on um, on uh, the website, so you can get it there. It's all me, always, all the and time. Occasionally,
1: you can find you on Clubhouse, and that's how we met. Yes, yes, yes. I'm on Clubhouse um at real brimstone uh if you want to add me there brim it's been a pleasure having you on the show you're lying you're like that uh, guy talks too much (laughs) (laughs) no man i've had i've had some i've I've had a few real talkers on the show so you just have (laughs) to kind of cut in you know and and cut them off but uh, you've been a real pleasure to have on the show i really appreciate your time and uh, taking time to be on this little podcast Appreciate it. I, the pleasure is
0: all mine, and thank you so much. And everybody, make sure you go out, you follow my story podcast on all social media. Make sure you click that 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 like button everywhere, and click that subscribe button, or is it follow now on iHeart? I'm not. sure. I mean iTunes subscribe. rather yeah,
1: subscribe. Subscribe or follow,
0: yeah. whatever it is. Click it. Make sure make sure you give them all the love. <laughs> but uh, thanks again, brother. I appreciate you having me.
1: Brim, thanks for sharing your story and for inspiring us to keep on moving forward. Thanks for listening to the show today. And if you enjoy what you hear, please leave a review and a rating. This lets me know what you like and how I can improve the show. And please share this episode with a friend or a colleague. The music on today's show is from my friend Drew Davidson. You can get all of his music at iTunes or Spotify or at DrewDavidson.com. Finally, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next time on the My Story Podcast.